Hello. Well, this, believe it or not, is our final episode for what has been an epic season, which I called Interior Design Basics. So stay tuned as I do a wrap up of the season and I give you some extra tips and ideas for your home's interior, remind you of some things that you might have forgotten in all the listening you've been doing and also share some other great info with you. So let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together, we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Now, let's kick off our episode. So as I said up front, Interior Design Basics, it was an epic season. It's season 11 of the Get It Right podcast. And this episode is number 25. The season's actually been running since October last year. I mean, so let's do a bit of a wrap up and a reminder of the episodes. I've got some extra tips along the way. You can use this as a bit of a check-in of things that you might want to re-listen to or perhaps things that you missed during the season and uh, just use it as a great index for the season overall. Now, throughout the season, I also shared with you information about our online course, Interior Design 101, which we created as part of doing season 11. Now, Interior Design 101 is an amazing course. It contains the full versions of all of the interviews that I conducted throughout this season, and there's loads more helpful info in there as well. What's specifically brilliant about Uh, Interior Design 101 is that we've taken all the interviews and we've actually broken them down into each of the individual questions. So you can literally find exactly what you're looking for really quickly. Uh, There's also a design layout video that I've done for both the bathrooms and the kitchens. I'm going to talk a little bit later about the Taster Quick Start course that I created as well called Kitchen Design Challenge because you may be a bit curious about that. But if you haven't checked out Interior Design 101, be sure to do so. It's a DIY self-study course, so you can join, move through it at your own pace. Your membership to it doesn't expire. There's some access to savings in there. Um, You know, it's a really great way that you can just start working through the selections that you need to make. There's an interior design schedule template in there. You can start working away on your selections and really making confident decisions from a place of knowing that this has got lots of expertise and knowledge and information from all sectors of the industry um, packed inside this one course. So make sure you head to interiordesign101.com.au. So www.interiordesign and the numbers 101.com.au and you can learn more about the course and dive in. All right, now let's begin the season wrap up. All right, episode one was about using an interior designer and why, when, and how one may be useful in your project. So this, you know, was a really good first episode for the season because there's often confusion about whether an interior designer is necessary. Uh, But anyone who's disappeared down the rabbit hole of researching their selections and trying to choose from, say, 40 different floor tiles will most likely say in hindsight that an interior designer would have been a handy professional to have on their team. Of greatest concern can be the fact, though, that the interior design industry is an unregulated one, which basically means that anyone, 
can call themselves an interior designer with no qualifications and very little experience. And this can mean that you can get caught out with very little recourse. uh, And given the fact that they can be helping you choose finishes and fixtures that will be permanently situated in your home and that really need to function and perform over the long term, it's super important that you do your due diligence uh, when hiring one. So my guest I introduced to you in this episode, Frances Cosway of White Pebble Interiors, is a very experienced interior designer. She joined me for a fair few of the episodes in this season and she really recommended you check their credentials, their experience, their training and their qualifications to really be sure that an interior designer is going to be able to support you in the way that you need them to and that they're going to operate professionally for you as well. Now, one area where an interior designer can be especially helpful is in scheduling all of your interior design selections and preparing the documentation for your interiors, especially with your wet areas like your bathrooms, laundries and kitchen. Uh, And this is one topic that we went into quite a bit over the course of the season because, you know, you often think that an interior designer will be great just for helping you make all the choices and make them confidently. But there's uh, this whole area of getting your documentation done properly that really can get missed by a lot of homeowners. When you have your these areas properly documented, it actually enables you to get accurate prices and it prevents you getting caught out with budget blowouts during your build. It also means that you'll have greater control over the outcome on site rather than the builder making assumptions about things like where your towel rails might be going, where your toilet roll holder might be hanging up, you know, where you might want light switches, those kinds of things. Now, many homeowners without this documentation, they'll often find that the allowance provided in their contract for things like their kitchen and joinery or their tiling, it, that it's not sufficient. And it's only during the process of construction when they finalise their choices um, that they find out that they don't have enough money in their contract sum and they have to adapt their plans or they have to find extra money at that point. And that type of thing can be solely avoided by using an interior designer and actually getting proper drawings done so that they can get properly priced as part of your quoting process and as part of signing your contract with your builder. Now in episode two, Francis was back talking with me about the top myths that we both hear about interior designers and interior design and this really grew on from episode one. You know one of the really grey areas that we see in interior design is the fee structure. And so having frank conversations up front with any interior designer that you're talking to about how they're going to charge you is really essential for you having clarity around that, you know. Do they charge a commission or a markup fee on the recommendations that they make to you? Uh, Perhaps if they're sourcing soft furnishings and those types of things, are they including uh, a fee for their involvement in doing that? What's included in their scope and what's not included in their scope? And if they're doing work outside of the scope, have they provided an hourly rate uh, that they do that work at? Now, many homeowners will use interior designers for far more than selections only, but they'll actually also use them in things like their building design and their construction management and even helping with structural changes. And if you're using an interior designer for this, it can be really problematic. You need to see what kind of insurance they've got and how qualified they are to provide you with this type of support. Uh, Because, you know, I've seen 
I've seen professionals like event planners who might do styling for events, then start getting asked to help with their friends' renovations and start actually having a whole nother business in interior design. And they'll be advising on things like pool fencing and outdoor structures and, you know, even changes to sort of interior structure. Now, these are areas with strict building codes and huge liability if things go wrong. So be sure that the professional that you're using is across these legal requirements. I've had lots of conversations with interior designers who didn't know things about the standards of pool fencing, for example, and yet they were helping the homeowner select this and navigating things about whether they should buy pool fencing from you know, a Chinese importer through Alibaba or something like that. You can get yourself into so much trouble because sometimes the interior designer just doesn't have the scope of knowledge or the professional kind of legal liability and uh, accountability around making those kinds of selections. So don't just assume that because they're just doing it for you that they actually know how to do it all right you really need to cover your bases and be sure that the interior designer that you're working with uh, if they're advising you around construction and exterior items and those types of things and structure that they're well qualified to do so now episode three Francis and I we kicked off the discussions that we had about flooring and we actually dived into a lot of detail about the topic of flooring. We took five episodes to talk about flooring. It was it was really awesome, actually. So Frances uh, actually shared with us in episode three that she believes that your flooring choice should be your first and most important decision. And this is largely for functionality so that you get a flooring solution that's going to suit the type of home that you have and the lifestyle that it supports. But it's also for aesthetics because the color and the style of your flooring has such dominance on your interior scheme that in choosing it first, it'll actually help you set the base to the whole palette to ensure that it all works well together and that it all works holistically. So Francis and I, we actually spent time each episode talking through timber flooring, tile flooring and carpet. And then I had another episode with Jess Osborne from Diagrind New South Wales and she gave us so much great information about doing different types of concrete floors, so polished, burnished, other types, and about how to get a really great result, what you need to do with your concrete are, how you need to think about those floors. Like that's just, it's an awesome episode, that one on concrete floors. So now as a sidebar to those flooring episodes, you know, Francis and I actually shared that we would love to never see laminate floors used again and why it's such a terrible choice for flooring. Now, you can have durability and sustainability in your flooring choices and you can choose an affordable hard-wearing floor that isn't toxic uh, and off-gassing into your home. Laminate is like it's honestly, uh, if I never see that flooring get installed again, I'll be super happy. So since we actually did that episode, I've been sharing it into Facebook groups when people have been asking about whether laminate floors are a good choice. It seems to be people, you know, they want that timber look, but they're looking for laminate, hybrid or vinyl, and they're weighing up which one's going to be the better choice. And uh, so I've shared that episode quite a few times and shared information about how to choose uh, a vinyl or, you know, I think a hybrid floor is pretty much similar to laminate. And if you're choosing vinyl, then there's lots of low-tox uh, choices that you can make with vinyl and companies that have really good sustainability measures in terms of their manufacture and their recycling of the vinyl materials. So just look at those, uh, look at the, the flooring choices through that lens of how low tox is it going to be for your home and how sustainable is it going to be because you can have both you can have a really you know affordable great looking floor that's really durable and that performs well environmentally too now 
after we got through all of that flooring conversation, we then dived into the essentials of kitchen interior design. And in episode eight and nine, Francis and I talked about your kitchen. So we firstly discussed the various components of a kitchen, specifically uh, looking at the cupboards, the kick plates, the doors and the drawers. You know, the joinery elements of your kitchen, they take a lot of punishment in the daily use and uh, many homeowners don't know the specifics to request when they're looking at the carcasses or the cupboards themselves, the actual sort of shell of the kitchen themselves. They worry about the colour and the finish of the doors and the drawers, um, but they might then end up with sagging interior shelves or drawer runners that don't work very well and um, things that just generally don't perform. So knowing how to choose and to check these things for your kitchen is really important and we went into that in that episode. Francis and I, we also talked about in episode nine about benchtop materials and thinking about your tapware and your sink and your appliances too. So there's, um, you know, lots of really great information in there. Look, the kitchen itself, it's such an intensive area when it comes to your interior design in lots of different ways, actually. So it'll your kitchen is going to absorb a lot of your budget. And that's because of the intensity of joinery, appliances, you know, high cost items, fixtures and finishes that are all located in quite, you know, a relatively small area in your floor plan. When you think about your overall floor um, and the numbers of rooms in your homes, the, the kitchen itself is going to be really high cost per square meter by comparison. And it's also an intensive um, area because of how much it gets used. And, you know, it's not just that it's a space for cooking and for food prep, but it can also be a casual dining area. It can be a homework or a work from home space. Um, it's where everyone gathers during a party. You know, if your kitchen bench is anything like most homeowners that I see, there'll be a dumping ground at the end where things will get dropped off and eventually processed and relocated into other parts of your home. You know, there's a lot of use that happens to our kitchens. That's not just about cooking food. There's also a lot of attention that kitchens get and intensity in the design process because homeowners often have collected ideas about how they want their kitchen to look and perform and they'll have different ideas based on how they intend to use the space you know whether they're big cooks or not uh, if their kitchen is usually a messy space and they want to be able to tuck some of that mess away perhaps in a butler's pantry or an appliance cupboard um, you know and sort of shelter their open plan living areas from the view into their kitchen uh, you know and the thing is that how your kitchen is laid out, what's included in it, how it can access natural light and breezes, you know, where it's situated in your home, all of these things fundamentally impact its ability to be easy to use and enjoyable to use. And then the dimensions and the arrangement of the elements within it and the materials and the appliances that you choose, they all make a really big difference to its functionality as well. And of course, to its looks and its durability. Now, I know that the kitchen is often one of the first things that's tackled in a renovation. It actually might even be the reason to commence a whole renovation. I've seen lots of homeowners go, look, we'll start with the kitchen because it's the most annoying space for us at the moment. There's no storage. It's dark. It's pokey. Only one person can be in there at a time. Can't see what's happening in the rest of the house. Let's get the kitchen sorted and then that will on flow into doing a renovation on the rest of the house. And in a new build, it can just be a big source of decision making and focus and thinking. So if you haven't seen it yet, I actually created a kitchen design challenge. And this is a quick start online course uh, that's will teach you the practical formula to designing a stunning kitchen that you love spending time in and that works for you and your family. Now, the kitchen design challenge is actually included 
as part of Interior Design 101. It's living inside Interior Design 101, so you get it when you join Interior Design 101. But um, I also thought that if you just want a taster, um, I would provide it separately. I know lots of people are just, you know, they're starting, their kitchen design might be what they're starting on and really thinking about, or you might just want to have a little taste of what Interior Design 101 is like. And so you can just get the kitchen design challenge on its own and there's no expiry you can work through it at your own pace uh, it's super affordable um, so and it's got lots of great feedback so if you head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash kitchen you'll see the information there about it what it includes and you know see how easy it is to work through it's a really like I've made it really super easy to digest course that you can just binge on and get a really good understanding for what your kitchen needs to do to work well and it'll make a huge difference to your kitchen design experience and to the outcome that you create. Okay so episode 10 all right so we're up to episode 10 now that's actually been one of the most popular and loved episodes and it's actually provided a lot of aha moments for listeners. In episode 10 I spoke with Karen Haller who is a colour psychologist and we talked about how colour psychology can be used not only in your home's interiors but just generally in your life to help lift your mood, to help you enable to feel more connected with yourself and to create more authentic surroundings in your home. Colour psychology is one of those areas that's been you know chopped and sorted into quick how-to guides and what colour are you quizzes but Karen has a really different more comprehensive approach and she's got a wealth of experience and knowledge and expertise in this area and we talked about her incredible book which is called The Little Book of Colour which is actually how I found Karen initially um, when I was doing research around colour psychology for this season and so I was so excited to be able to interview her for the podcast. She actually lives in London but I got to meet her in person when she was out here over Christmas and she's just a really really lovely lovely person who's so passionate about her knowledge and and how it helps. So if you want to learn more about the power of colour not only in your home but in your life um, that episode is fantastic. I really love that chat and that was episode 10. Now, episode 11 was my conversation with Floss Kelly, who is one of the co-founders of the Australian online tile retailer, Tile Cloud. If you haven't seen this company, haven't listened to this episode, really encourage you to do so. It's this company, Tile Cloud, it's taken tile shopping to a whole new level. And they're really uh, inspired by the world of online fashion, fashion retail, you know, and the fact that tiling was an industry just ripe for disruption and really needed to be made more convenient and more accessible for people. And so you can literally shop for tiles online from the comfort of your own home. And Floss shared some great tips in that episode 11 about choosing tiles, about choosing tilers so that you can get a really great finish. And also thinking about, you know, the fact that tiles just aren't for your bathrooms, but in how all the different aspects that you can use them in and and how you can be adventurous about that. You know, a lot of the conversations that I had across this season, we talked about being brave, about choosing your own style, about finding opportunities in your home to really celebrate colors and textures and patterns and things that you love. And your tiling choice can be an area that you do this. And one of the benefits of shopping with Tile Cloud is that the tiles that they have on the website are ones that they have in stock now. So if you're worried about long lead times uh, and about challenges with supply issues on your project, you know, check out that episode. You can learn more about Tile Cloud. You can also order samples from them. Uh, it's super easy. They've just, they've really nailed the whole ability to shop online for something that you would ordinarily 
think that you have to be somewhere to sort of feel and touch. They've made it really easy to be able to do that online. Now, episode 12, we were back talking about colour with Andrea Lucina Orr, who is the colour and communications manager for the Dulux Group. Now, Andrea heads up the colour forecasting that Dulux carry out each year, and uh, Dulux has done this for 21 years now. So their 2020 colour forecast had the theme of essence, and it includes four beautiful colour palettes, which I really do check you, encourage you to check out. Uh, and I'll include the resource to each of these episodes. Uh, if you go into the into the show notes, you'll be able to get to this blog post and then we'll have the links to all the other blog posts or podcast episodes there so that you can see all the resources and everything like that. But um, Dulux actually works, uh, they worked with Brie Leach, who is the creative director for Dulux Colour Forecast. And she did some amazing work in styling spaces and rooms to show how these colour schemes could be used uh, and different applications. And You know, I'm finding it super exciting that after so many years of monochromatic colour schemes and a lot of white and grey, that we're seeing colour be embraced. And, you know, this can be such a personal choice, but if you're somebody who loves colour and you want to have a bit of experimentation with it, Andrea actually shares ideas about using it and how to be brave with it. Even if you just want to dip your toe into it gradually, if you want to still stick to something that feels a little bit more, I suppose, uh, a base palette like a monochromatic colour scheme, but you want to put inject some colour in there. Andrea had some great ideas and some great inspiration for you in that episode. Now in episode 13, Frances was back and she and I would discuss bathrooms and in particular we talked about shower screens, baths and fixtures. Because we've talked so much about tiles already and then about joinery in the kitchen episodes, this bathroom conversation is really about some of the less considered items in your bathroom and I talked about how I'm a big fan of a bath in a hob over a freestanding bath. That may seem a little controversial but I actually find that baths in hobs are easier to clean. Um, They provide the much needed edges to sit things on, be it you perching on the side of the hob or you know if you've got a child in the bath or perhaps you want to put your kids bath toys or you want to rest a glass of wine you know you can buy additional items for a freestanding bath to be able to perch those things on but uh, you know a bath and a hob just makes it so easy and I find that homeowners get really attached to the idea of having a freestanding bath and so they're squeezing them into bathrooms that really don't have the space and in doing so they're creating nooks that are going to be difficult to reach that will collect mold and muck over the long term and just be so you know if you are looking at a freestanding bath but you've got a tight space that you're working with make sure you check out the back to wall versions or the two-sided freestanding baths so they've got two sides straight so that you can put them back into a corner um, because they're a really good alternative that are available for tighter bathrooms if you do want that exposed bath look you know the side the exposed side of the bath now I'm just going to jump quickly ahead to while we're talking about bathrooms to episode 15 and that brought us Daniela Santilli who is Reese's marketing leader for bathrooms now Daniela's been with Reese for almost 12 years and I loved hearing all of her wisdom and knowledge see she is she has a wealth of experience and information when it comes to the selection of your bathroom uh, products and fixtures and she's really seen in her time 
bathrooms become this space that we seek refuge and luxury in, uh, perhaps from inspiration of being on a holiday or staying at a particular hotel or something like that. You know, we really do start and uh, end the day in our bathrooms. And so many of us are seeking to make them a really beautiful place of refuge. And Reese have done wonders to provide a huge amount of helpful information online. They've got a 3D bathroom tool, uh, planning tool, and they've also got a range of fantastic products to choose from. And Daniela took us through uh, looking at the different material types that they make their products in, how to think about those, what to know about them. Uh, she also talked about how to choose different fixtures for function and performance. And then also thinking about the combination of different products to get the aesthetic result that you want. It's a really good episode and I'm sure that we'll have Daniela back in the future sharing more of her great insight. And inside the Interior Design 101 course, I actually had more conversation with Daniela about tapware and about different information about choosing tapware and then also about how to balance uh, your bathroom budget with achieving the dreams that you might have of a luxurious bathroom as well. Now, just to jump back to episode 14, that was where I actually had a fantastic interview with Claire Leroy of the Little Design Corner about SketchUp and how you can use SketchUp to draw plans and 3D models of your home. Claire actually has a online program uh, teaching you how to use SketchUp and she gave some really great tips about how you can use SketchUp, whether you want to teach yourself or you want to do a course like hers, to use uh, to really be able to visualize and design the spaces in your home. She talked through some of the functionality that SketchUp has in terms of even getting down to the nitty gritty of applying tile patterns and colors and those types of things. And it's just really exciting because I know a fair few of you have gone on and uh, joined her course and have actually gone about learning how to use SketchUp for your project. And I think just to put the, you know, even if you're working with a designer, I know that uh, many people in the UA community like having a really high level of involvement in their projects, like having a high level of ownership on some of the, on the decisions that get made. And so to be able to get into the nitty gritty of, of drawing up those 3D models and really playing with how spaces work and how things might be moved around to change the way that spaces feel and function can be really powerful in you having certainty at the design phase before you commit to making all of those decisions, the permanent walls and rooms and roofs that you live in and around and under. And so, yeah, it was really lovely to introduce Claire to you to be able to talk in more detail about how powerful SketchUp can be and uh, how you can use it to do this. So if you haven't checked that out, um, make sure you head to, I've actually got a specific page on the website for that episode because uh, Undercover Architect is an affiliate of uh, Claire's. So we we actually are an affiliate for the SketchUp course that she offers. And um, that just means that uh, we uh, get paid a small commission if you join the SketchUp course via us, uh, which comes at no cost to you. And we only, you know, I'm not an affiliate for, for many things at all because I'm so, so, so careful about what I endorse and recommend to you. It has to pass the Undercover Architect test and it has to, of course, pass my own requirements in terms of my professional liability and uh, my professional registration. So, um, but yeah, I just 
just love what Claire's doing in empowering people, uh, whether you're a designer or you're a homeowner, uh, really giving you confidence about how to use a tool like SketchUp to be able to get an understanding of your home and draw plans and 3D models. So um, that if you head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash SketchUp, you can, I've got some clips of the interview there. She talks through how difficult it is to learn and um that that is that it's not difficult <laughs> it's actually super easy there is a bit of a learning curve but she's really good at teaching you and you get this gorgeous package of um challenges and things like that she's she's done a really cool way of wrapping up that course so alrighty. now uh episode 16 is when I chatted to Liz Haywood. And so to backtrack a little bit, one of the things that I see a lot of interior designers offer, and I also see homeowners trying to do themselves, is to create a mood board for their project. And so I really wanted to bring an interior designer on who could talk through the whole process of creating mood boards. Mood boards are a really great way to collate together a holistic vision that actually shares some of the inspiration and ideas that you're drawn to for your home's interior design. And that also starts to give ideas for your palette and your materials and the finishes that you want to put together. Many people start here by creating the mood board. It may be that you've just got a box of, you know, magazine clippings or you've actually put it onto a board itself. Um, You might have just got, you know, a collection of materials and samples and things like that. but creating one at the outset to sort of think about your the things that you're drawn to and the things that you're inspired by and pulling it together in this mood board, whether you're working on your own or with an interior designer, and then having it to refer back to, it can be a fantastic place to revisit when you hit decision overwhelm or you're just needing to check that your choices are all coming together and working with your original vision. And so in episode 16, Liz actually, uh, she's an interior designer. She's an owner of the business Haywood and co and she outlined for us how to create the mood board and then what to consider as you move through your project and you use it as a guide for your decisions and selections. Liz is a big believer that great results can be achieved on almost any budget and she's got some great tips to help you use your mood board process to then have confidence and clarity in your interior design choices. Now, in episode 17, Francis came back and we discussed lighting. And then this was followed up in a later episode that I did, episode number 22, with Craig Thomas from Caribou Lighting in Brisbane. Lighting design is one area that can often be overlooked by homeowners who will be then making decisions during the construction of their home, often in a walk around with the electrician or the builder. Now, your electrician may have some great ideas about lighting for your home, but you are much better served by doing your lighting design during the design phase itself. Looking at the floor plan, thinking about the furniture layout, working out the combinations of lighting in the various spaces and rooms in your home, using the different types that are available and being really intentional about the functionality and the aesthetics of what you include will serve you so far, so much better than you waiting until construction. And this way it can be properly priced in your building contract. Any site walkarounds are then purely just to check that you've got it right, that you've put light switches in the right place, that you've positioned your lights the right way. And so I really really encourage you to check out both episode 17 and 22 uh, for specific lighting tips. Uh, Both Craig and Francis take through different rooms, different areas, and also talking about lighting both indoors and outdoors. It's really helpful for you to, to have a think about whilst your home is lines on a page is ideal. That's the ideal time to think about it, okay? Now, in episode 18, 
Francis and I talked about the mistakes that we often see homeowners make with their interior design. And frankly, we've highlighted mistakes through a lot of these episodes because I really want to help you avoid them. And I think that when we point out what we see people make mistakes with, that helps you kind of put up a red flag and go, okay, that's what I need to pay attention to. Now, one of the big mistakes that is purely just the underestimation of how many decisions you're going to have to make with your interiors. And you can kind of know this intellectually before you get into the trenches of it. But so often what I hear when I speak to homeowners and to members inside my online courses is is just hitting that level of exhaustion of all of the decisions that need to be made. And even if you're working with a builder who packages this up, you know, they've got one set range of suppliers, so you're only going to one showroom per product and you're working you know, with one range of products, you'll still have a lot of decisions to make. If you just look around your home at all of the surfaces and finishes and fixtures and colours and all of the things that need to be decided on to create a new home or renovation you'll start to understand. And so knowing that now and then either by doing something like joining Interior Design 101 or working through it yourself, actually start to identify what these selections will involve so that you actually give yourself plenty of time to do it before you start construction and preferably before you sign your contract. You know that your contract sum includes the items that you want, not just allowances for, you know, random things that aren't really named. You know, this area alone can blow so many budgets or cause so many disappointments as you realize that your contract doesn't have sufficient allowances for the things that you really wanted. So, you know, it can feel like you need to delay it. Uh, People seem to like to put themselves under the pressure of construction in order to make those decisions. Uh, But if you can bring that decision-making forward into your design phase, into your drawings before you've signed your contract, it will serve you so much better in the long run and it'll actually make construction far less stressful as well. Now, episode 19 Uh, I chatted to Josh Plouts from the Dulux Group and Josh is the Interior Products Technical Manager for the Dulux Group. And so he and I actually talked about the science of paint and how to choose it so it it actually performs. You know, when often we're thinking so much about the colour when we're choosing paint, it's not actually till we're dealing with the painter or perhaps even buying the paint ourselves that we then come to realise that there's different gloss levels, different paints for different applications or materials and then a range of other things to consider as well and Josh Josh shared the way that they test their mold inhibiting paint we talked about application methods we talked about VOCs that's a hot topic for those who are wanting low-tox finishes Um, there was lots of nitty-gritty that we dived into in that episode that really helps with understanding how important the actual product that you use is and then how it's applied as well. And inside Interior Design 101, Josh and I actually went into more detail uh, and we talked specifically about the Dulux renovation range of paint products, which are um, can be used to do cosmetic renos on kitchens and bathrooms to repaint joinery and things like that. So, you know, don't just leave the selection of the paint that you're choosing up to your painter uh, or, you know, to the last minute. Do some research, understand the difference between the brands and the products so that you can actually specify something that will give you good coverage, that will be easy to clean dirt and marks off once it's all dried and finished, and that's going to wear well over time as well. We're almost there, okay? So episode 20 and 21 
They were a two-part interview that I did with Evan Montero from DIY Blinds. DIY Blinds is an Australian-based business. You can order your window furnishings online and you can also access personalised support, speak to actual humans as well. So due to the way that the business is set up, their window furnishings are a lot more affordable and across both episodes, Evan shared a wealth of knowledge about curtains, roller blinds, plantation shutters and other window furnishings. And we actually discussed how to incorporate specific features during the design phase that mean that your window furnishings will be much more integrated and look more high-end, even though it may not cost any more for you. In fact, it actually may make things more affordable overall. So don't wait until you've moved in to think about your window furnishings. Again, like most of the things that we've discussed, if you can consider them as part of your design process, you'll radically open up the opportunities for what's possible and available to you. And it'll also help you build in any features to include your window, window furnishings well, such as recessed permits. And it'll help you avoid simple mistakes like not covering the light switches as you pull your curtains back. So, um, and ultimately, it's going to help you budget appropriately for the window furnishings you want too. So, Evan has offered members of Undercover Architect Online courses a fantastic saving on DIY blinds as well. So you can access that if you join any of Undercover Architect's online programs, including Interior Design 101. Now, lastly, in episode 23 and 24, I introduced the lovely Jessica Belloff to you and her incredible expertise in interior styling. Now, as I said in those episodes, When I discovered Jess's book, Individual Inspiration for Creating a Home that is Uniquely Your Own, I thought that I had finally found the styling book I was always looking for, full of quirk, character, individuality, and comfortable homes that literally embrace you. They authentically and honestly reflect the personalities, tastes, and values of their occupants in a way that's just so inspiring to see. And in the world of glossy magazines and cookie-cutter interiors and step-by-step formulas to having a stylish home, Jess's practical tips and insights into bringing life and personality into your own interiors is such a breath of fresh air. Now, I think as we seek to create comfortable, welcoming homes that relax and restore us, being true to who we are and how that is reflected in the spaces around us will mean that we truly get to come home every day. And I really encourage you to check out Jess's book if you haven't and to follow her on Instagram as well. It's seriously delightful. Honestly, it's just so lovely. So, Okay, that, my friend, is a full wrap-up. This is episode 25. So I do hope that you enjoyed that summary. Perhaps it's given you a reminder of an episode to check out again or, you know, one that you missed and didn't get to listen to. You can go and check that out. Now, as mentioned, you can get the access to the full interviews plus a range of additional bonuses inside uh, the online course Interior Design 101. It is a great partner to your interior design journey. It'll help you cut through the salesperson speak. It'll help you consider finishes, fixtures and materials that will support real life in your home. And if you just want to get a taster and to learn more about kitchen design, then be sure to check out the super affordable kitchen design challenge, which is included inside Interior Design 101, but you may just want to check it out separately. So Interior Design 101 can be found at www.interiordesign and the numbers 101.com.au and the kitchen design challenge can be found at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash kitchen 
Okay, now in the next episode, I'll be sharing a few things that are going on at Undercover Architect. We've been super busy, well, (laughs) as busy as you can be when kids are home full time and homeschooling is happening, but there are some things happening and things that I've created that I do want to share with you, update you on, bring you up to speed on. So make sure you listen out for that. It's going to be a little bit of a different episode and I'm really looking forward to bringing it to you. Now, also, if you don't already, make sure that you follow Undercover Architect on Facebook and Instagram. I've actually been doing some short videos there lately to answer some specific questions that I receive or to highlight things that I see homeowners regularly doing that may be hindrances in their projects. So, and if you have any questions that you'd like me to respond to, you can DM me on Instagram and I'll add them to the video list and we'll be sure to share it in the not too distant future. So that is it for our season 11 interior design basics. I want to extend a massive thank you to all of our amazing guests who shared their knowledge and expertise during this season. I'm sure that you've enjoyed hearing from such a big range of people, interior designers, professionals, uh, suppliers, you know, lots of people with huge amounts of know-how. And, uh, you know, if you haven't yet, I'd love you to reach out to them personally and thank them as well or let them know that you heard about them on Undercover Architect. Um, It's always lovely to be sharing the love like that. Now, finally, as always, a huge, huge gratitude to you. Thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye.